Hey. Hey. Sorry, that took me a second because the tab with the notes on it, I quit Chrome. Oh, And nice. I deleted all of my tabs, so I just had to log into Drive real quick again. <laughs> so I am struggling. Love that for you. And also, I'm back in my closet in the dark, so this is going to be fun. I hate that for you. Yeah, I do too. I told my dad like three times that the bulb is out in the closet and he just hasn't fixed it and I don't know where to get a light bulb from. So it's going well. Sounds like it. I'm not going to make it on my own. I don't know what this is about. (laughs) Okay, so this is a long one, I think. I texted Maddie and I was like, oh gosh, my notes are 11 pages. So... I think it's it too long. We might do two how parts. How long my um, what what's his name? <sighs> the first one I did, serial killer. Mhm. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Ed I don't Kemper. remember the name. Yes, him. There we go. That I think guy. That's how long those were. Perfect. I kind of miss <laughs> doing stories, but I'm also I have that thing where like. I, like, go to start researching a case, and then, like, there's so much information on it that I'm, like, I get overwhelmed, and I'm, like, I can I can never tell the story as good as, like, these other people who have, so, like, why even try, you know? Oh, yeah, anxiety. <laughs> so I apologize really love for that. doing that, but I am working on it, so. Yeah, just let me know if you have one, and we'll, we'll put you in a week. Okay, thank you. Like, tag team it, you know? Yeah. Pass the baton. It'll be fun. <laughs> or if people want to hear, like, um... Another creepy pasta. I think we should do creepy pasta episodes. I think those will be fun. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. I liked reading that. That was fun. All right. Well, sorry. I just kind of stole <laughs> stole the mic. <laughs> no, go for it anytime. Um, but okay. Oh, my brain. I'm so like scattered right now. I, feel I think that. quitting out of Chrome really just threw me for a loop. I like don't even. It really does not feel like a Sunday right now. It doesn't like, feel I, like any day. All of them are I'm blending like a, together. I'm like a day ahead for some reason. Like are I you? Feel like is it Monday? Monday? Yeah. It does feel like a Monday. And yesterday felt like a Sunday. Oh, weird. Yeah, I don't know. Just blame <laughs> it on quarantine and then like, it's all fine. Yeah, it was actually, it was really funny. We had a client at the dog groomers. Um, she was like 10 minutes late to her appointment. So we like texted her checking in that she like still knew she had an appointment. She was like, oh, I thought it was, like, for, it, this was on Monday of last week. She was like, oh, I thought it was for, like, Monday the blank. And we were like, yeah, that is, that, that's today. <laughs> and she was like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I'm on my way now. Me like, too. I really feel that. I feel that. You're all good. <laughs> Big mood. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's just jump into this story. Um, I'm Sonia. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Grim. Woo! Okay, so this week I wanted to talk about the murders of Holly Marie Wells and Jessica Amy Chapman. And okay. I'm going to preface this by saying that like this particular case that I was researching, we're actually going to record this yesterday, but then I found like two more sources that had more details. So there are a lot of moving parts here and a lot of information for some reason about this specific case that, are, that I found. But that's always hard kind of to integrate. Yeah, so if you do want to hear a part two, I can do a part two. Like, I found information about the killers and about, like, 
It's just like more about the past. Well, killer, partially S. I don't really know how to just, you'll hear. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot for me and it makes me not trust any person. Oh no. Um, but yeah, if you are interested, I can do a part two and like, just give a little bit more detail about it. Um, the general what happened is that um, Holly and Jessica were both 10 years old when they were murdered in 2002. Oh, no. um, if you want to look up this case, it's called the Soham Murders because um, both girls were killed in Soham, which is a town in each East Cambridgeshire in England, um, and they were killed on August 4th, 2002. So that is the anniversary of their death is coming up, which is really sad to think about wait what day was it august 4th oh okay pretty soon um the their bodies were discovered in an irrigation ditch that was close to um the royal air force station in lakeney and were discovered two weeks after they were killed on like almost two weeks i think it's 13 days they were discovered on august 17th and um, i don't like it that's just, I feel like that's just such a long time to think that your children are alive, you know? Yeah. Like, you always want to have hope that they're still out there. Yeah. It's like two weeks later. Um, the actual cause of death was undetermined um, because of the state of the bodies, but it is speculated that they were strangled and died due to asphyxiation. Wait. Oh, okay, never mind. What? I was getting ahead of myself. I was going to say, wait, didn't don't they know who like do they know who the killer is yeah it's a solved case technically but he like kind of refuses to say that he killed them oh okay which is like oh it just it makes me so angry because there's so evidence and it's so obvious that he did it and then they can't get answers for sure on like you know any he's just a really basically yeah i'd I'd say so um so at 11.45 um, on August 4th, 2002, Jessica left her house in Soham to go to Holly's house because Holly's family was hosting a barbecue, so they were going to have like a bunch of people over and have dinner together and stuff like that. And before she left, she told her parents where she was going, and this cute, but I thought she got Holly a necklace that had like the letter H on it um, when, like, because she just came back to, um, and like, on vacation, she went to Menorca. Is that how you say it? I'm really hoping that's how you say it. It's an island off the coast of Spain. Um, or it belongs Is to it Spain in Mallorca? the Mediterranean. Maybe. Wait, how do you spell it? M-E-A. Menorca. Yeah, no, maybe you're right. Yeah, it's an island in the Mediterranean that belongs to Spain. But So she went there on holiday with her family and got her friend a necklace. And she's going to go give it to Holly Aww. that day. Which... I just think it's so sweet. Like, they're 10, and she thought about her friend when she was on vacation. That's just adorable. I remember the days of, like, little friendship necklaces. Yeah. I, like, have all of mine in a box, and they're, like, rusty or, like, tarnished. Yeah, me too. But I can't throw them away. Yeah. We were going through, like, my old jewelry boxes when I was moving, and my mom was like, we can throw this away, can't we? And I was like, absolutely not. She's like, you don't even know who has the other part of it. And I was like, it doesn't matter. Care. That is <laughs> connecting like, so me to many. another person and it's mine forever. <laughs> doesn't matter who. Yeah. Um, so Holly and Jess 
their friend over called Natalie. And um, so they all were basically at Holly's house. They ended up playing games on our computer and they like listened to music and stuff for about half an hour until Natalie had to go home. Um, and then around 3.15, they changed into Manchester United shirts, which was one of like the soccer teams or football teams. It's from Europe now. <laughs> Um, so Holly had a shirt and then gave Jessica her older brother Oliver's shirt but they were both like the same Manchester United shirts okay Um, and then at 5.04 Holly's mother took a picture of them both before they ate dinner together with the other people who were over from the barbecue Um, dinner was over and then at approximately like and then they went back to Holly's room uh, to spend some more time together this was around like 6.10 6.15 um, and then at 6.15, they left, both of them left Holly's house to go buy snacks from a vending machine at the sports center in the town, and they didn't tell anyone that they were leaving. Oh, oh no. But I guess it was, like, a common thing for them to, like, go to the vending machine snacks and stuff. Oh, okay, um, okay. So, like, it wouldn't have been too big of a deal, but, you know, wrong place, wrong time kind of thing, and, um... Yeah. They never made it home. So that's so sad that the like the last picture that her mom took of her was like, and she didn't even you know yeah, like you never think it's so sad to think of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really upsetting. Oh. Um. So they were on their way back to Holly's house from the sports center when they walked past Ian Huntley's house. Ian was a 28-year-old senior caretaker at a local school, and it is supposed that he was on the Lord of the Earls into his house. Um, Wait, he was a senior caretaker at a school? Yeah. Wait, what is that? I'm guessing it's just, like, like the grounds people, like, our maintenance crew oh, kind of okay. thing. Oh, okay. I was thinking, like, caretaker of, like, senior citizens. Oh, okay. no, no, he Sorry. was, like, at a, at a local <laughs> school. Um, okay, and, okay. Yeah, it's suspected that he lured the girls into his house. Oh, God. Um, he told that to his girlfriend, Maxine Carr, who was a teaching assistant at St. Andrew's Primary School, which was um, the school that Holly and Jessica went to. Apparently, Maxine Carr was their teaching assistant, and oh. she said that she was in the house at the time. Oh, my God. And she didn't know? It was actually later revealed that she wasn't even in the area. She was visiting her mother in Grimsby at the time that... Oh, okay, okay. But she was his alibi. She was like, yeah, I was in the house and nothing happened. Oh, no. So, which is why I'm... (laughs) Don't trust anyone. That is ridiculous. Oh, my God. They are 10 years old. When she gave him the alibi, did she think he was innocent? Yes. Yeah, I'll talk about okay. that a little bit later. She had a reason for giving okay. her alibi. Um, but it's despicable, and I hate it. Yeah. Um, after Holly and Jessica got into Ian's house, um, which was located at Five College Close, um, we don't actually know what happened. Um, they interviewed him later, and they believed parts of his claims that he he said like he was washing his dog at 6 30 which was the approximate time that holly and jessica would have walked by his house and then he said that he saw them and that was suffering from a mild nosebleed um which is like stuff that they believe actually happened but like we don't actually know like for sure 
what happened. Yeah. Um, Jessica had one of like the old Nokia phones because this was 2002. And um, mm. the phone was switched off at 6.46 p.m. Oh, which they discovered later. Um, at around 8 p.m., Nicola, her Holly's mother, went into Holly's room to invite the girls to say like bye to the other people who are in the house for the barbecue. And that's when she realized that they were both gone. So they were missing for about two hours before she realized. Which is oh, God. Um, and then obviously she was very concerned. So she and her husband, Kevin, ended up searching the entire house. And then they went outside and like searched the neighborhood. Um, they had an 8.30 curfew. So um, I think her... Like, Nicola and Kevin might have been like, oh, maybe they'll just be back by 8.30. And, like, maybe they went out, maybe they'll be back. Because, like, they did go out to the vending machine earlier, right? So, they were like, maybe they're just out in town and they'll be back by 8.30 because they knew it was 8.30 that they had to be home. Um, but then, literally minutes after 8.30 and they weren't home, Nicola called Jessica's house to see if both of them were at Jessica's place. And they found out from her parents, Leslie and Sharon, that... Jessica wasn't home yet and that both of them were also concerned. Oh, no. Um, it was at that time, shortly after 8.30, that both parents made, like, frantic efforts, which, understandably, to find Holly and Jessica, but they couldn't find them. And they officially reported both girls missing at 9.55 p.m. Oh, no. Um, so this is... I'm actually really proud of the police here because I think that they made like a really good effort which is for a lot of the cases that we research and talk about I think all like most of the time it's the police's fault I don't think it's the police's yeah. fault here so they immediately launched like a really big manhunt to find Holly and Jessica they assigned over 400 officers to search for them full time so like that their only job was okay. to search for them and yeah, that is they good. basically just went door to door across Soham like the entirety of the um, like all the neighborhoods, all the houses, they went door to door and they were just looking. And also there were hundreds of local volunteers who were there to help out the police, which I think is like, that's what you want to see when a community bands together. They're like hundreds of yeah. people want to find these girls. Like that is how loved they were. Yeah. Um, and then the U S air force had their personnel stationed at nearby air bases also help out. There were a lot of people oh. looking for them. But they still weren't found for two weeks? Yeah. Wow. It's really sad. Um, yeah. The police released the photograph that Nicola took of Holly and Jessica at the barbecue oh. where they were wearing their Manchester United shirts. And That's so that picture was literally taken less than two hours before they disappeared. So That's really, really upsetting to me. Um, they also released physical descriptions of Holly and Jessica. They said that they were both white, four foot, six inches. Um, Jessica was like tanned with shoulder length, shoulder length brown hair. And Holly has like really fair and had blonde hair. Um, so that people could easily identify them if they were to come across anyone who looked like them. Uh, both of the girls' parents were also like super adamant at the fact that Holly and Jessica would never talk to strangers because they were warned about not trusting people that they don't know. Um, since they were like really little, they were like, don't, they were told not to talk to strangers, which is, I feel like yeah, the standard, good. you know, like don't talk to strangers. 
kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then the headmaster at St. Andrews Primary School was like, yeah, we tell, we tell them not to talk to strangers. Um, he was quoted as saying, quote, the possible danger from strangers is something we have impressed upon the children from an early age, unquote. So, like, it was drilled into them not to talk to people that they don't know. How did... How did he lure them in? I mean, okay, I'll get to it a little bit later, but basically, like, they trusted him enough. Oh, so did... did had they, like, known him from being that, that teacher's boyfriend? Yeah, they, they knew Maxine okay. pretty well, so... They trusted him. Okay. Um, oh, so the police suspected that both of them were kidnapped. So they questioned every single sex offender in the Cambridgeshire area and also the surrounding counties. Like, um, they two hundred and sixty registered sex offenders across the UK as well. Like that, that they didn't even have to be like in the direct area. They were like, that man is a sex offender. We'll question him. And that included 15 high-risk pedophiles. So, like, they really put in a number here. So scary. A high-risk pedophile. I don't even want to know what that means. Area with children. Disgusting. Ew. Disgusting. Okay. Um, Yeah. All of them were eliminated, so they crossed out 260 people. You'd think that out of 260 people who were high-risk, get someone, but apparently not. But someone who wasn't even on the radar. Disgusting. Um, they also investigated the idea that the girls, like, left Holly's house to meet with someone that they arranged to meet with, like, before. Like, through an internet chat room or something like that. But then they were like, probably not. Like, it's not their style to do that. And then they checked their internet mm-hmm. history and, like, it wasn't... They didn't do that. So they were like, they were definitely kidnapped. Um, on August 8th, they publicly released CCTV footage of Holly and Jessica from like literally minutes before they disappeared. Um, the footage is of both of them at 6.28 p.m. at the local sports center where they went to get the snacks. And then they did a reconstruction of like their last movements and stuff like that and then broadcasted all of that on national TV on August 10th. Um, and then during that broadcast, both of the children's parents were also interviewed by Colin Baker um the other family members and friends and like people who knew the girls also went on air publicly and asked for them to be returned safely oh my god that's so sad that it was already too late yeah essentially it's really upsetting um but they since they did all of this since they like released the images and released the like interviews with their family and friends they had like a tip line and got over 2,000 people to call in and give tips um yeah That's good. so all of that information was like entered into the database and then um like I mean imagine like 2,000 people giving tips and like it still took two weeks yeah um on August 7th they held the candlelight vigil for them which again like that's so sad that um they had the the police were suspicious of the fact that they thought that Holly and Jessica's disappearance could be connected to another disappearance that happened about a year ago 
um, in Staffordshire, what happened then is that a six-year-old was assaulted by an abductor who hadn't been caught yet, which is, you know, why they thought he could be behind this abduction. And then they identified that abductor as having a green Ford Mondero and a license plate that was stolen, like a, like it wasn't his, he just stole it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that person was also believed to have followed a 12-year-old with the same car, but like with different plates that were also stolen. But it was a different person? Um, no, like the same person, just different plates on the car. No, like a different person oh, for yeah. like Holly and yeah. Jessica? Okay. So they had all of this information about all of these bad people, and it's still not the right person, and that is infuriating to me. That is infuriating. Um, they did also release all of this information to the public, but that man had nothing to do with Holly and Jessica. <laughs> so, like sad because they're following like the right direction but it's not it's like leading them the wrong yeah, way you like, know what obviously I mean? you need to catch these people but like yeah but like it's yeah, not like yeah. you gotta get all of them and that's so hard yeah. to do um apparently a lot of people reported seeing holly and jessica in like the first couple of days that they were reported missing um a person called Mark Tuck reported that he drove past them at approximately 6.30 on August 4th as they were walking from the town. And uh, honestly, that kind of just showed me that I really need to get one of those cameras to put in my car that, like, records the outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like the dash, dash Like the ones that YouTube vloggers have. Like, face the opposite yeah. way so that I can... If something happens and I do end up seeing someone who is like reported missing the next day, I have footage of them. Um, go check, get one of those. <laughs> Apparently, like, I don't know why I know this, but in Russia, I think it's like a big thing to have them for like insurance. It, that makes so much sense. Because I remember in like some science class I was in, we were watching like a video of like. I don't know, a comet or something that was caught on camera. Yeah. From like a dashboard. That makes a camera. lot of sense. Fun fact. I feel guys. like we should definitely start that here. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would help with if you got into a car accident yeah. to like, you know. With a lot of things too. Clear up and. Yeah. Um, but Mark saw both the girls and he remembered them because he saw their Manchester United shirts and remembered turning. They were in the same shirts, like, no, days it was on later? before. Yeah, oh, it was, um, like, day. the okay. days after they were reported missing and stuff like that, and it was released to the public. People were like, oh, okay. yeah, I saw them on August 4th. Okay. Um, so he remembers seeing them because he remembered turning to his wife and being like, look, there are two little Beckhams over there. So he was like, Aww. so he remembered that. Um, and then Karen Greenwood also reported seeing two girls walking arm in arm along College Road at around the same time. And another woman who lived nearby said that she saw two girls who looked like Holly and Jessica walking past her house the morning after they were missing. So that would be the morning of August 5th. Oh. Which is interesting because according to what I've researched, they were killed before August 5th. Okay, I was going to say, were they killed immediately? Or so they I don't killed? really okay. know what that means, but... It, yeah, it could have just been like a different kid. Or maybe just like but people who wanted to be kid? involved or I something. Know. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um, the police also got a tip that said that a white van was seen in Soham the evening of August 4th, and that the van was seized from, like, a caravan park, like a trailer park. 
on market seven, but that lead led nowhere, which is again very upsetting that they have all of these leads and they're not like getting anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. On August 12th, the police launched another media appeal to find the driver of a four door dark green sedan um, because he was seen struggling with two young girls, apparently. Um, That's which good. is really, really sketchy. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, a taxi driver said that he saw a man struggling with two girls and, like, quote-unquote, thrashing their arms as he struggled to contain the girls oh. in his car. And he was reported to have driven no, south of Soham towards Newmarket on the evening of August 12th. Um, oh, on the evening of August 13th, a jogger reported that two mounds of dirt were recently, like, disturbed outside of Newmarket. And the police were like, oh, that could be an impromptu burial site. Um, like, if the two girls became too much and he had to just kill them. But then they examined the mounds and revealed that they were just badger dens. So, like, oh. they're, I don't, this case is just, like, super frustrating to me. Because imagine being the police here. And you're like, we see someone with, like, two girls in a car. And then there were two mounds of dirt that just happened to be there. And you're like, oh, that's got to be connected. But then it's just not. Like, the coincidence here yeah. is just too much for me. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, so, Ian was interviewed, and he did a bunch of things, like, to get involved with the investigation as well. But he, since, you know, they walk, the girls walked by his house, and he reported that to the police. He was interviewed, and he said that Holly and Jessica on August 4th. Um, and then according to him, they both asked if Maxine Beansker got the full-time TA position that she wanted. And he said that position. And one of the girls said, tell her we're sorry. And then according to Ian, the girls walked along College Street after that. So, like, he was like, oh, didn't touch them. Um, a little bit sus for me. But you did. Yeah. Um... The police said that they were suspicious of Ian's statement, and one of the 400 police officers who were, like, plus case, searched his house on August 5th, and they said that they didn't discover any incriminating evidence, but the officer who searched the house noted that there were numerous items of clothing on the washing line, even though it was, like, raining before, so there shouldn't have been, um... And that they were that there was evidence of excessive cleaning inside the house, um, which is sketch. But then Ian was like, "Oh, excuse the dining room. We had a flood, so he was like, they had to clean because of that." Um, but the officer like wasn't convinced. He was like, "That guy has a suspicious and agitated demeanor," which you know, yeah, kind of indicates that he's a little bit guilty. A little sketch. A little sketch. Um, on August 6th, Ian drove to pick up Maxine from Grimsby, um, which again, like, he, she said that she was in his house. So, like, why did he go to pick her up? I, I just don't... Um, Wait, repeat that? So, she, Maxine said that she was in Ian's house on August 4th, but then yeah. on August 6th, uh-huh. he drove up to Grimsby to pick her up. Okay. So that's just like I don't understand their like event timeline here. Like what that just yeah, really is super it's not suspicious. Really matching up. Yeah. 
um, before they went back to Ian's house in Soham, um, Maxine, Maxine's mother's neighbor said that both of them were standing by the back of the tr- car with the trunk open and that Ian was pale and shaking and that he was just like staring to the trunk while Maxine stood next to him with her head bowed. And he was also reportedly crying and then he like slammed the trunk shut and then they left. Uh-uh. Yes, <laughs> Thank that's you. That's just a lot. Um, Ian also gave a couple of TV interviews to places like Sky News and BBC East. And he mostly talked about being really upset and dismayed at the fact that he was the last person who saw them alive. Like a kind of, oh, I wish I could have oh, done something God. about that kind of thing. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, there was an interview uh, at Sky News where he said that he was holding on to a glimmer of hope that both kids would be found safe and sound. Oh. And that... I was oh, yeah, 100%. Like, he was just... That is despicable. Um, he said that he last saw them walking in the direction of a local library. So he was, like, kind of pointing the blame away from himself. It was like, oh, they were walking in that direction. Despicable. Disgusting. I hate it. Oh, yeah. I wish there was something I could have done. Yeah, maybe yeah, you couldn't have please. fucking murdered like, them. Like, that probably would have kept them alive. Genuinely, just he oh it, he makes me so angry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm already angry. Um, he also <laughs> did the classic criminal minds thing and inserted himself into the investigation. Uh-huh. Like he was talking to police officers and asking questions about the investigation and like how it was going. And then he also asked stuff about like how long DNA evidence can be admissible or like how long it lasts before it deteriorates. So. Um, Sketch. Oh no, that's sketch. Real sketch. Yeah. Real. Um, one of the officers said that while Ian was talking to some of the other police and like asking these questions, he noticed that Ian had three scratches on the left side of his jaw, which were about three centimeters in length. And when confronted about this, Ian was like, "Oh, my dog scratched me." Again, sketch. <laughs> like, does your dog have human just like yeah? <laughs> honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah on like that's face? also i feel like if your dog is scratching your face like what does that say about you as a person yeah that's probably not great um maxine carr was also interviewed at the beginning of the second week that both girls were missing and she basically was like yeah ian talked to holly and jessica in the front of the house and during that time she said that she was taking a bath which also i want to point out that he said that he was bathing his dog at the time. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't add up. Does he have a dog? I guess Does he, he has a dog. Him? I never saw anything that was like, okay. he doesn't actually have a dog. Um, yeah, but unless... Yeah, you can't really... Even if you have two tubs, yeah. like, the water pressure would be... Yeah, up. I don't know. I just... I feel like his story... He has details in a story that just doesn't... Like, they don't add up. Um, yeah. <laughs> they don't. Possibly why they don't add up. Um, <laughs> she said, quote, I only wish we had asked them where they were going. If only we knew then what we know now, end quote. Um, she was, like, implying that she could have stopped them or, like, done something about them being murdered or something. I guess. I don't, I don't know how her mind works. Um, since she was a TA at the school that Holly and Jessica went to, she, like, described them in an interview more personally. 
she said that Holly was more feminine and that Jessica was like a tomboy and like she barely ever wore a skirt where like whereas her other friends would wear skirts and dresses occasionally and I guess Maxine and Jessica were really close because um Maxine told uh like the interview that Jessica said that she wanted to be the bridesmaid at Maxine's wedding and that Jessica even said that she would wear a dress to her wedding which was like really shocking for her because she was a tomboy but she was like I want to be in your wedding and like I'll wear a dress for you that is heartbreaking like especially knowing what we know after this (laughs) yeah my heart literally hurts so upsetting to me because she even showed the press like a thank you card that holly gave her on the last day of school um so like like they were like close you know you know like she was their ta like they knew her um during this interview when she showed the press that card she referred to holly in the past tense which is something i wanted to bring up she said um quote she was just lovely really lovely end quote so did she know i think she did because if she's referring to holly in the past tense that's disgusting that she's protecting because like if someone goes missing you'd still hold on to the hope that they're alive and you'd be like yeah she's a really lovely person like she is a really lovely person yeah yeah um but it was after that after she referred to holly in the past tense that she directly apparently like in the interview wanted to directly talk to holly and jessica and was like quote just get on the phone and just come home or if somebody's got them just let them go end quote like yeah that doesn't sit something that is off she talks about how she knew these two girls then she refers to Holly in the past tense, and then home. Yeah, and then she, like, addresses them in the present. That like, feels like she's trying to cover something up to me. Yeah. It seems like she knows more than she's yeah. letting on. Um, a lot of people also noticed that by the second week that Holly and Jessica were missing, Ian seemed super stressed, had lost weight, and like symptoms of insomnia like he like wasn't sleeping at all and he also i don't honestly yeah he deserves it um he started also asking the police officers if they thought he did it because he was the last person to see them alive and then apparently like after he would ask this like he starts crying and so right incriminating (laughs) like that should be exactly like right there if you ask if they think that you did it and then like seem super stressed and then and start crying honestly you did it (laughs) like i'm sorry but oh Um, god but they sent him to therapy after this because he was he wasn't sleeping and he was really stressed and then they put him on antidepressants on august 13th So that's all they they yeah. took from that. I guess he needs therapy, not like. I mean, okay, so they were suspicious of this guy. So on August sixteenth, which is by the way, twelve days after they oh, right, disappeared, they the house. Um, Ian and Maxine were both questioned by the police for like seven hours, and then they gave formal witness statements. And then after this, they were moved that to a safe crazy. house. Just what? Um, for apparently. Why? Okay, so okay, so apparently when he was on TV and he did all these interviews, a bunch of people from Grimsby saw him on TV and 
remembered that he had been accused of rape a few years earlier. Oh. One of the things that I was going to talk about here, but then it would just be way too long because he, like, I read this article about all of his past accusations, and it's a lot. Like, he was accused of a lot. Oh, no. And I'm guessing that he probably did a lot. Oh, boy. And a lot of them, it seemed like he was, like, yeah. a domestic abuser. It seemed like he was a very violent person. Oh. So, like... Oh, maybe that's why, um... Maxine. was the teacher? Co- mm-hmm. Colleen? But Maxine. No. Um, maybe that's why she couldn't I, say anything. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was like she actually believed him. But he just, yeah. from everything that I read about like his past, he just seems like a terrible human being. Yeah. Yeah, I'd um, say so. And then there were also a bunch of people who said that Maxine was in town in Grimsby the night that Holly and Jessica went missing and she wasn't with Ian and so I'm like they both had said. So they were sus. They were real sus. With the right, you know, they had the right to be sus. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that evening, the police did a deep search of Ian's house because they were both at the safe house. So, like, they could do a deep search oh. of his house, which I'm guessing is that's why they, like, brought him out that's of the actually house. That's actually like, Search his house. And they searched yeah. his house and um, the place where he worked. Um, and apparently they brought them to, like, different houses outside of someone. Like, they weren't together, so they couldn't, like, conspire, I guess. Um, oh, okay. The police said that every room in Ian's house was cleaned recently with a lemony cleaning fluid. And they found stuff that they tagged of major importance to the investigation. They didn't release okay. what these items were at the time of the investigation, like, during 2002 but we know now that they found the clothes that Holly mm. and Jessica were wearing on the last day they were seen at the place where oh you were God. the Manchester United shirts they were cut up oh and they were God. burned and they were in the trash um, they tested fibers found on the shirt and, and matched it to Ian's clothing like it was a perfect match and they found oh, his fingerprints okay. on the trash bin where the clothes were found I think yep, all of um, that points yep, to him being this, extremely this, guilty here. Yeah. Um, yeah. They brought in his car yeah. for a forensic <laughs> examination on August 16th, and that examination revealed that the car had also been extensively cleaned. Part of the seat was missing, and the lining in the trunk was replaced by carpet. Mm. Ooh. A lot. That's, a little bit yeah. sketch. Mm. A lot bit sketch. Yeah. Part of the seat, like I it guess. just like cut off. Part like of the, the seat. cushion was like gone. Like, I, like that's yeah, so that's... sketchy. Mm. Um, and they also that's found a mixture of like brick dust, chalk, and concrete in the car, which was later revealed to be the same mixture found where the bodies were found. I'm just gonna say that that right there literally would be enough for me to be like, that guy did it. Like, there is no other possible explanation for yeah. all of these things to have happened in the same place um so yeah the police made the same conclusion i did and they were like yeah we gotta arrest these guys um so they arrested ian and maxine on the suspicion of abduction and murder on august 17th at approximately 4 30 a.m um they were both re-interviewed and ian refused to answer the questions that he was asked he was quote evasive confused and emotionally detached unquote and then he tried to fake symptoms of mental illness. So 
since the police couldn't tell that he was faking, like if he was faking or not, they had to send him to a mental hospital for a psych eval. So I just hate that. I just hate that. Yeah, please don't try to get out of facing the. Yeah. If you did something that's your terribly shitty, then you gotta own up. Uh, yeah. So Maxine was re-interviewed as well when she was arrested and she confessed that she lied about where she was and um, what Ian did on August 4th. She said that before she came back to Soham, Ian called her saying that that he saw Holly and Jessica and admitted, quote, the thing is, Maxine, they came in our house, end quote. Um, She said that Holly, she said that according to Ian, Holly had a nosebleed and that Holly and Jessica came in so that Ian could help. Um, then according to Ian, Jessica sat on their bed as Ian helped Holly with her nose, and then they both left to go home. Except they never made it home, and he never said that they were in his house. So, like, first of all, why are you covering that up? Um, yeah. Okay, so this is kind of why Maxine went along with being his alibi. I mentioned before, Ian was accused of rape. Um, this the one of the last cases was in 1998, so again, like pretty recently to when they were killed. Um, over the phone, yeah. he was talking to Maxine and telling her that Holly and Jessica were in his house and that they left. He reminded her that he was accused of rape. He told her that the rape claim was false, and that he said that he would be accused of kidnapping because of these prior rape claims. And then he was like, the kidnapping was a false claim. Um, The rape case caused him to have a nervous breakdown. And then Maxine was like, okay, I believe you. I believe that you didn't do it. And I believe that if I don't, if I'm not your alibi, I'll accuse you of kidnapping. So that's why Maxine said that she would support his version of what happened. That is like... If Maxine is telling the truth, that's, like, so, mm-hmm. such a bad position to be put in. Like, you want to trust your significant other. You want to be, like, yeah, like, you wouldn't murder someone. I'll give you an alibi. But, like, then he did, and she was, like, accidentally protecting the person who killed two of her students. Like, yeah. Oh, and also incredibly manipulative horrible. of him. Like, that's yeah. just incredibly i just i have no words for how disgusting that is yeah um apparently according to maxine she fully believed that he was innocent and just wanted her to lie about it because otherwise like he didn't she didn't want him to be accused of something that he didn't do um after she confessed all of this she was told that ian was guilty and the police presented all of the evidence to her and she apparently crying and was saying Quote, no, he can't have been, he can't, it can't have been, he hasn't done it, end quote. Um, so Maxine, even after presented with this, even after she was presented with this evidence, she still kind of was loyal to him and, like, said that she believed he was innocent. Yeah, that's, yeah. So on August 17th at noon, um, a man called Keith Pryor and his friends were walking um, and they discovered the bodies of the two girls in a five-foot-deep ditch, clo- um, five-foot-deep ditch that was close to the water, Suffolk, which is ten miles away from Soham. Um, 
liked a weird smell in the area a couple of days earlier and on the 17th he was like oh should probably investigate that because like weird smell um they were walking in this overgrown area when his friend adrian lawrence like saw the bodies and then they immediately called the police one of my biggest yeah, I think fears that's so is scary. finding a dead body <laughs> like because i go on like runs sometimes and sometimes like in the woods and stuff and like i just it's like first of all the sh- like trauma of seeing a dead body and then second of all you have to call it in and then like you basically yeah. become prime suspect like you, you know? have to be like give your alibis and so it's like just that. scary like, all around <laughs> mention why you were in that area in the first place yeah. like it is really scary also, yeah. I think a lot of the cases that I read, people have been like, oh, I thought it was a mannequin, and then it's a dead body. So if you ever see something that's a mannequin, yeah. proceed with caution, because it might be a dead body. Um, yeah. Okay, so the girls were missing for 13 days. According to the Emmy, both bodies were in a state of decomposition. Both bodies were was suspected to be done to destroy Ooh. the evidence. And then there yeah yeah like the shirt um they also didn't find any footprints around the scene which personally i think might have been because they were found 13 days later um yeah even though the bodies were burned they were identifiable because you know two four foot six girls had just gone missing and then they found two bodies of four foot six girls like yeah a little bit easy to equate those yeah um and then they were also able to tell that the bodies were moved to this location post-mortem they found um, jessica's hair on a branch nearby as well and then the coroner said that since both bodies were burned and also in a state of decay they couldn't um tell the exact cause of death but then they said it was likely asphyxiation which is like most ways of dying are pretty scary but that's that's the pretty scary one. Like, not being able to breathe. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah, that's... Um, they were apparently moved to the location that they were discovered in 24 hours after they died, but days before they were found, you know? So, like, probably, like, around August 5th or 6th or something. Like yeah. That was when they were moved. Um, and then they did do DNA testing and confirmed that it was Holly and Jessica. Um, that confirmation came on August 21st. They held a public memorial, and 2,000 people came to support the the girls and their families, and Mm. they also made an online book for, like, messages and condolences and stuff like that, and that had um, over 31,000 messages. Also, since they were wearing Manchester United shirts, all of the football clubs had, like, a minute of silence before they started their games. So sweet, like... That's really sweet. Like that, it really shows you that that's a community of people who care about the people in the community. You know, like it's just so upsetting yeah. that this man had to go and kill them. Yeah, for um, no reason. And they're ten years old. That's way too early. Imagine, like I just, I can't even imagine how scared they must have been. <sighs> yeah. Right. And they thought like, they could trust they're like, him. They're like, oh, that's the boyfriend of this teaching assistant who we know and love. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they, they came to him for help. They were like, wedding. oh, like, my nose is bleeding. Like, help. 
and this is what he ended up doing. Um, they had enough physical evidence from the house and also from the place where Ian worked to charge him with two counts of murder. Um, but because he was he was faking a med- uh, mental illness, they had to detain um, him at the mental hospital and postpone the hearings. Uh, he was charged later, yeah. Is, but has he been charged? They, they weren't able to like actually get it right okay. away, like at, right after he was arrested. They couldn't charge him with anything. Um, okay. Maxine was charged with perverting the course of justice and then later charged with two counts of assisting an offender. While she was in prison, she kept on asking if Ian was okay and also wrote him lots of letters, but then suddenly severed all contact with him in December of 2002. I'm hoping she finally, finally realized. Um, they did the psych eval of Ian. Um, it was basically he was at the hospital for like two months, um, and they determined that he was psychopathic but didn't have any like psychotic illnesses. So he was faced with the sentence of life in prison. The jury okay. still had to like decide on that. Um, so like I said, he was on antidepressants. He tried to kill himself on June 9th, 2003, by taking 29 antidepressants, which he had hoarded in his cell. Oh my god. This man, literally trying to take oh the easy way out of here, like, disgusting. <sighs> they thought he overdosed, but he ended up yeah. surviving, um, so he could face the jury, which, if he died, I would have been so, so angry. Good. Um, at the preliminary hearing on yeah. June 16th, 2003, he pled not guilty to the charges of murdering Holly and Jessica, but he pled guilty to the charge of conspiracy to pervert the course of justice. And Maxine pled not guilty to that charge. She was like, no, I didn't pervert the course of justice. Um, so there was a lot of information that I found on the trial, but I'm going to just go over the major events. Um, the prosecution started out by saying that it was okay. just chance that Holly and Jessica walked by Ian's house. Um, they said that he lured the girls into his house at 6.37 p.m., and both girls were murdered shortly after. Cell phone analysis showed that Ian switched off Jessica's phone after they talked. Um, they then emphasized that Maxine was nowhere near Ian's house, and they had eyewitness reports that she was actually in a different town. And then they detailed how the bodies were found, which I outlined um, before. They also stated that Ian claimed that the deaths were accidental, but implied that it was definitely murder because, quote, 10-year-old girls don't just drop dead, end quote. They also don't spontaneously combust and move themselves to another site. Yeah. Um, Yeah. In reference to Maxine's attempts to pervert the course of justice, the prosecution stated that she that the two of them had conspired to concoct a false alibi to divert suspicion from Ian, um, which is, you know, kind of what they did. Um, and they yeah. did say that she could only be convicted of assisting an offender if the jury believed that she hadn't known that Ian murdered them. Or, sorry, she could only be convicted if okay. she had known. Like, she couldn't be convicted if she didn't know. Sorry. Words. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. They then outlined more details of the case and the evidence and stuff like that to the jury. And then they turned it over to the forensic evidence where the jury heard about, like, all the biological things that were included. Like, the traces of blood and saliva that were recovered on the clothes. Um, They didn't find any traces of semen, which 
the um, forensic um, expert said could be due to the condition of the bodies. Like, they couldn't completely rule out sexual assault, but they were mm. found. Um, and then they also said that there were traces of blood spatter in okay. Ian's house. So then the defense had Ian testify, oh, okay. and he admitted that both girls died in his house, but he said that the deaths were accidental. According to Ian, Holly and Jessica had gone into his bathroom because of Holly's nosebleed. The bath was already filled with water because he had been bathing his dog. Um, In the bathroom, he slipped and accidentally knocked Holly into the bath. And that unintentional act had caused her to drown. And he said that he simply panicked and froze. Uh Um, He couldn't have grabbed her and took her out of the tub before she drowned it really does and i also feel like if you're a being with survival instincts you try to fight to get your head above water um yeah stood up especially if it's just a like, tub she probably could have gripped the sides of the tub yeah and pulled herself out like, i understand that some people might not have yeah. enough upper body strength but i feel like if you have enough adrenaline like if you're about to die you would fight yeah, mm-hmm. especially if it's a tub. Like, <laughs> I feel like yep. she's taken a bath before and gotten out alive. Probably. So I feel like she definitely could have gotten out if. Um, she he then said that Jessica had witnessed the accident and began screaming, "You pushed her!" He then accidentally suffocated her while attempting to stop her screaming. And he was like, "By then, it was too late to oh, save okay. either one of them." He was then questioned about why he didn't call emergency services and why he made efforts to destroy the evidence to take suspicion off of him. And he insisted that he had first become preoccupied with whether the police and the public would believe the girls' deaths had been accidental. And then, because he was like, oh, they probably wouldn't believe it, he decided to conceal all the evidence of the deaths as opposed to calling the police or the paramedics. I mean, I've never been in that situation, but I feel like the first thing you're thinking about if you're innocent is not, will they believe that I'm innocent? It's, mm-hmm. oh my god, Like, if someone these, slipped like, and I fell get into help. your bathtub, like, <laughs> like, and couldn't get out, like, for whatever reason, if they couldn't get out of the yeah. head, and they couldn't get out, you, first of all, get them out you of the bathtub, and then you call help. You don't attempt to, like, suffocate the girl who's screaming, you pushed her. Yeah. It doesn't matter if she thinks that you pushed her. You get help. And then you're yeah. like, oh, like afterwards when they're both okay, you're like, yeah, that was an accident. She's okay now. You don't suffocate the other one. Like, yeah. Uh, I also want to point out that here he changed the story again because before she said that, um, before he said that uh, Jessica was on his bed while she helped while he helped Holly with her nosebleed, and then they both left. So, oh yeah, all of this is really suspicious, and I hate it. <laughs> He then admitted responsibility for both of the deaths, but then, like, insisted that both of the deaths had been accidental. And then he said that he did not attempt to fake insanity um, when he was arrested because the trauma of the deaths had temporarily erased his memory and being in the presence of the police had caused his mind to temporarily seize. (sighs) This man is causing me so much pain right now. Like, I'm so angry. Yeah. Disgusting. He's really grasping Disgusting. for straws here. 
Um, and then there was this whole thing about Maxine who said that she didn't know about the murders at all and thought that he was just cleaning the house because he was super obsessive about cleanliness and tidiness. And she said that she only lied to protect Ian. Um, and then she referenced Holly and Jessica in the past tense because she said that she worked with them in the past and that's why she referred to them in the past tense. Um, she said that she wanted him to tell the police, but she also, but he said that it was a violation of the rules of the school, like that they were in his house so he was like we can't tell the police which i don't like it doesn't they're dead that shouldn't be like it could be a violation you could get suspended or like got a slap on the wrist they didn't have to die yeah um and then she she said that if she thought that he was actually guilty she would have gone to the police but she didn't think that he was actually guilty so she didn't Um, the jury took four days before they came back with the majority verdict of guilty he was sentenced to life in prison with a 40 year minimum and Carr for Maxine Carr they were like they believe that she only lied to protect Ian and so she was found not guilty of assisting an offender um, but she was found guilty of perverting the course of justice so she was sentenced to three and a half years so even after all of this, we don't know the exact okay. reason as to why he killed them. Apparently, he got into an argument with Maxine over the phone, but they think that he might have just killed the girls in like a jealous rage over that argument. Um, the profile that he was given before, like they knew it was him, like you know how in criminal minds like give a profile of the person. The profile said that he was a latent predatory uh, pedophile, mm-hmm. and had taken the children in a moment of opportunity that it was very likely that there was a sexual motive for the murders um during the trial maxine also indicated that she thought he was having sex with someone else she said that she did all of like the domestic chores like the cooking and the cleaning and stuff like that but he always washed all the bedding so she was like he might be having sex with someone else um and then it was Later revealed, not at the trial, that um, at least one of the girls was sexually assaulted. They don't know if it was pre or post-mortem. And they did said that they didn't bring it up at the trial because of the state of both of the girls. Like, they were so badly burned and they were decomposing. They said that they couldn't conclusively determine, like... They couldn't even conclusively determine the cause of death, let alone for sure if there was sexual assault. Um... But they they did believe yeah. that at least one of them had been. So, like, personally, I trust that. Like, I know that some evidence can't be admissible in court for certain reasons, but, like, it doesn't mean that it's not true. Um, yeah. Ian had yeah. an extensive record, both consensual, consensual and not, of sex with women who had been under the legal age of consent. The youngest girl he's known to have known to have oh, raped no. was 12 um, the youngest attempt was 11 after he was publicly oh, arrested no. several of Ian's former partners said that he like they came forward and talked about him and they said that he was kind on the outside during the early stages of the relationship but once they got past that he became violent and controlling and very much domestic abusey um, he would do things like restrict contact with his partner's yeah, friends, family, this. emotionally blackmail them if they wanted to leave. And um, the fact that none of them, like, 
caused him to be punished for this probably reinforced the mindset that he was right um and according to psychologists he mentally blocked um any attempts to like admit the reality of the situation so basically he's an awful person Um, yeah, uh, so, so the last thing I want to talk about is, um, a couple of things that happened after they were arrested. Uh, a couple of the good things are the house is like completely leveled and okay. the site is now a patch of grass. So I'm kind of glad that the house that they were murdered in is gone. Um, in the years that he's been in jail, he's been attacked by many yeah. inmates, including being burned by boiling water which uh, resulted in him not being able to go to, like, the hearing for the minimum term length that he had to serve. So he sued for 15,000 pounds and was awarded 2,500 pounds to pursue the claim. Disgusting. Just, I think, like, the prison. He sued... Who did he sue? Like, the system. He was like, I couldn't go to the the hearing because some guy was mad and smashed me with boiling water. And then he sued for money. Which I think that if you're in prison, okay. you shouldn't be able to be suing people. And he got it. I don't understand. Like, he has a life sentence. Yeah, wait, what are you going to do with the money if you're in prison? I don't even know. He yeah. was attacked again Where's in 2010. Where's that going, bud? And applied for <laughs> 20,000 pounds in compensation. What? I don't understand. Don't I don't know. What are you going to use Like, what is for? going on in this man's head? Um, this makes me upset. In 2006, he attempted suicide again. Yeah. They searched his cell, like, after um, he attempted to kill himself and found a tape that had a different account of the murders. That tape said, um, was him confessing to murdering both girls. Uh, said, sorry. The tape was him confessing that he told Maxine he murdered both girls. Um, and had plans to confess to the police when apparently she slapped him and told him to pull himself together because she didn't want to lose her job. And then he goes on to say that Maxine encouraged him to burn the bodies to destroy the evidence. Um, they think that he just made the tape in return for being provided with the pills he used to try to kill himself. Um, because the guy who brought him the pills, um, wanted to sell it after he was dead to the media for more money. And Maxine yeah, was released on probation. Pro- can't speak English. Probation in 2004 after serving 21 months. Um, she got herself a secret identity and a new home. She was one of four former prisoners to be given a new identity, and she was granted lifelong anonymity because her life was threatened. Like just the public, they were Wait, just really angry like by- about the murders. Um, Um, also, this is done, like, uh, the cost of granting someone lifelong anonymity, it's a really big range, but it's between 1 and 50 million pounds. Like, that's a lot of money to be given for... That's a lot of money. Like, assisting a murder? Like, what? Anyway, that's very upsetting to me. That's the end of what I have here. I did... There's also a lot about, um, like I said before, there's a lot of information about her and about him and about, like, more of their past and their background. And also, he has a daughter, um, which is, 
like just one of the things that I read about like that I thought would be way too much to put in this um but that's upsetting to me um because apparently she was born after he raped her mother but that is a whole other story like I said there are so many different things that I um read about his past like like not like a bad person but to make yeah, a long story he's short he's a, a really bad person a, and a pretty um, bad guy just shouldn't have been living person. in this area in the first place honestly <laughs> yes um so yeah if you guys want a part two yeah. there's there's more information about his past and stuff let us know i will do that for you if you want to learn about his daughter and about all of his other other things that he has done with his life um but that is it for this week you're so welcome. Well, thank you for that story. Yeah. Um, can't say I liked it, but yeah, I didn't like uh, it either. Thank you for. Putting but then by the time I was research. like, I don't like this. I was in too deep. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> it was too All late. Right, do you have any happier life updates um, for us? Well, do I? Um, don't think so the only thing is it's um, I'm still working at the dog daycare grooming place um, and the owner's dog I don't know if I've mentioned him but I love him because before I like started working like um, doing like more of the washing stuff I would just like come and walk her dogs for her um, cause she, you know, had a lot going on, obviously. Um, and so one of the dogs I walked was Dugan and I've been walking him for, or I had walked him for a while and he like loves me now. Like, <laughs> cause like he loves walks. Oh, that's so, cute. so like then every time I would, you know, like he'd just get excited and then me, so he's like obsessed with me and it's so cute. I love him so oh much. Oh my God. Um, at one point, he literally That's knew my so name. <laughs> like, whenever they would say my name, he would go Did crazy. she name her daughter after you? now she has a daughter with the name Maddie, so he, I think he's a little desensitized. No, she, it, her husband had it from a previous marriage. Had her. Had it. Wow. <laughs> had her. Had her you know. Just pretend. Um, Just pretend that. But I would have been honored. Um, <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> um... But it is so funny because, like, I'm at work, like, basically, like, every day of the week. But no matter, like, how long it's been since I've seen him last, every time I, like, come into work, he's, like, crying, going crazy to, like, see me. And it just brightens my day because, like, he's the best. He's so cute. And it makes it double as, like, funny because he's an Irish wolfhound, so he's giant. And there's this giant dog filled with so much excitement. He's just the cutest. And... I know they're the best. Um, it's yeah, it's a good life update. life update. That dogs are um, amazing. <laughs> uh, it is. Do you have any? Oh no, my life has been boring. I mean, we went out and we got ice cream today, and that was pretty fun. <laughs> I feel say that. that I haven't had like I got um, black raspberry, and I haven't had that in years. So it 
was needed. Yeah, black raspberry is so good. <laughs> it was very needed. Um, but yeah, that's enjoying my life. <laughs> it's very right needed. Yeah, I can't wait I'm until we're waiting able to record in person again. Oh yeah, I love Maybe the quality of my Apple headphones. Good mics. <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> But yeah, I hope everyone's hanging in there. They, are, they have been tough. These, they have been rough and tough. And I want them I can't to end. Find an adjective. <laughs> yep. It's scary and sad. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll do my spiel. Okay. Um, find us on Instagram at Grim Podcast. Um, you can DM us, follow us, comment, and like our posts. Um, and then from there, there's a little button to email us. You can email us at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com and, um, literally just tell us anything. We're bored in quarantine as I'm sure you guys are. So, um, definitely <laughs> just, you know, talk to us. <laughs> um, definitely would recommend. Um, we don't cool talk people, about murders all the time. We promise. <laughs> Unless you um, want us to. Which we will. Not all the time, just some. Yeah, unless you want to talk about murders. Um, (laughs) um, And leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, Tell your friends and family about us. I think that's it. Um, Oh, by the way, I I can't figure out how (laughs) I don't know how I'm in the like tech savvy generation because I can't figure out how to put like a link in an Instagram story or like a link that you can follow I don't think you can put a link that you can follow in a post right okay yeah I can't figure out how to do it in an Instagram story because I feel like it's possible you know like do the slide up things yeah I don't know how to do that but I think for a little while I'm going to replace the link in our bio Mm -hmm. With um, a link to petitions to sign for the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, So, if keep an eye out for that, um, if you like to do that. Got it. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week with hopefully a lighter story, just some hauntings. (laughs) Um, Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Um, Stay happy. That's yeah. a good one. Stay, like safe, stay healthy. Now. Stay happy <laughs> if you can. All right. We'll see you guys next Thank week. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>